<laughs> That's the intro to the episode. We'll keep that. Nice. Nice. My walk-up song. Hello, people. We're back. Got another episode today. New episode. This one, we are totally going off the rails. I decided to mix it up a little bit. My illustrious co-hosts, Zach and Jared, have a lot of things going on. It's summertime. Everybody's got kids in camps and a little bit of work and trying to get ready for the fall season, get all of that stuff out of the way. So... I had to go to the bullpen today for my co-host. Took a little while. I had to go through the Rolodex, try and find somebody that could handle the pressure. And this gentleman, when he plays the game, and he's a player, as we pull into the parking lot for game day or practice, it really doesn't matter. It can be his brother's game. He forces us to play this song. This is his pump song, pump up song. Here we go. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my co-host of the day, the illustrious, the famous, the best voiceover commercial recording artist in the St. Louis metropolitan area, Maxwell Anderson. Sup. Sup. That's how you're going to roll in here? Sup. Sup. How are you doing today, Max? Good. You excited about this? Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. What, uh, what exactly have you been looking forward to? Let's let's peel the onion back a little bit here. Um, I've been looking forward to just having... I've never been recorded like this before, except for my one voiceover with you. That's true. And the other day, your mother dropped a video of you in the studio. You forgot about that one. You yep. what, yeah. uh What were you singing in that video? Old Town Road. Okay, do you remember how it goes? Yeah, I do. Can you give me just a little bit? Just a little bit. All right, fine. I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can no more. I love it. I love it. We should re-record that. What do you think? All right, fine. You down with that? Yeah, let's go. All right. So as you well know, because you you live in my house. Yeah. With your mother and your brothers. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the Soccer Dad pod, right? Definitely. So, uh, what do you think? Do you think we're do you think we're providing a service, entertainment? Which is it? Yeah, I I really like how funny it is a lot of the times with Jared and Zach. Yeah, Jared and Zach. Yes. Who do, who do you think's funnier, Jared or Zach? It's hard. I gotta go with Jared. Jared. I think so. Yeah. What happens though whenever Jared calls me in the car? What do you do? Uh, I muff my ears. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Yeah. Yeah. Most people should. Adults should whenever whenever Jared calls them. But uh, today's going to be fun, right? Yeah. You, uh, If you're in your car right now or on your device, you already know who the guest is. Uh, we're going to roll him here in here in a second. Uh, but coming up with this guest, we, we purposely, Max and I talked about it a long time ago. And it was really his idea. I kind of suggested it and you ran with it. What about today's guest? Why were you excited about this particular conversation? Because I know that he loved soccer. He coaches my club. And, yeah, I just know him really well. Do you? Yeah. 
Are you excited about like finding out his deep dark secrets? Yeah. Are you gonna try and bribe him on the air? Maybe. Maybe. Did you bring cash? You looking for it? All right. Hey, here's what we're gonna do. Because our show, Max, is supported by some businesses that actually like what we do and are giving us a little bit of assistance to keep this thing going. One of them, new a new supporter, is Crescent Plumbing Supply. Do you know what they do? Plum? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's part of it. Well, they sell the parts that people plumb. They actually sell bathtubs and sinks and faucets and all that stuff, hmm. right? And they're really good at it. So for households like ours, right? What did, what did we just do last year? What did we improve upon? Um, we improved upon our upstairs bathroom. Oh, our, wait. Our main one was our kitchen. The kitchen, right? What's mom's favorite part of the kitchen? Um, it's the, the sink. counter. It's the sink. The sink, really? It's the sink, yeah. You didn't get the memo? No, no, I didn't. Point is, those things go over well. So, if you need one, bathroom or kitchen, hit up Crescent Plumbing Supply. Appreciate that. And our other proud sponsor, supporter, is the P- Pinnacle Loan Group. Okay, now, Max, you've been listening. We go over the pinnacle points of the day, and it's real simple. Me and my co-host bring up one thing that we want to point out of the day that's news or funny or that bugs us or whatever. Okay, so I'll go first. My pinnacle point of the day, number one, is down in Miami. They have a new team, right? Yeah. Or they have an existing team, but they have a new player. Are you familiar with who's coming to Miami to play in the MLS? Lionel Messi. Say that again. Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi. You are correct. Now, he got here. Now, in true American style, he has a a new partnership, a new sponsorship. And I saw the photo of this, and it really made me a little upset. You know what it was? What? It was the double-breaded fried chicken sandwich from the Hard Rock Cafe with with Lionel's face. Smiling above the sandwich. How does that make you feel? Um, nervous. We- Weird or nervous? Both. Shouldn't be nervous. Why would you be nervous? Weird. Should he be selling chicken sandwiches? No. No. Why? Why? What's bad about chicken fried chicken sandwiches? Do soccer players really eat fried food? Not soccer players like that. Soccer players like me and Jared, we do. <laughs> but... Yeah, that kind of bugged me. So that was my that was one of my pinnacle points of the day. Yeah. Your turn. One thing that you are excited about, happy about, bothered by. One thing today, what happened today that is your pinnacle point of the day? I'm excited that Me- well, Messi's going to be coming to the MLS. I'm I'm just really excited. It's going to be cool. Yeah? Are you going to try and buy his jersey? Mm, I don't think so. Well, let me ask you this, because on Facebook, everybody's debating. There are people that plan on wearing Messi's jersey to City this weekend. Now, he, he's not going to be playing, but the, he might be there. And there's a lot of City fans that are saying you should not wear an opposing jersey. What's your take? I think you should stick for what you stand for with your favorite team. I like it. Or favorite player. Or favorite player. Yeah, because he's not a normal player. Yeah. Right. He's not one of those guys. I mean, what what's an average number, player number in FIFA? Um, 84. Yeah, what's Messi? Uh, 93. Is that good? Very good. Who's better? Messi. Who, who's got a higher number on FIFA? 
Um, what about Mbappe? Where is he at? Uh, Mbappe is a 92. 92, really? Or 91. Wow. What about Holland? Holland's a 90. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying that. So here's what we're going to do, Max. We are going to go ahead and take a quick break. All right. And when we come back, we're going to roll in our guest. You, re- you ready for that? Yeah, let's go. All right, here we go. We're going to roll back out with your pump-up song. What do you like about this song, by the way? Um, I like how it I don't it really just pumps me up. I don't it like gives me a boost. I don't know why. Yeah, when you walk on the field, do you have it in your head? Yeah. Yeah. I like pounce to the music. Jump right. to the music. Yeah. Do you yeah. stare at the kids across the center line and like have that house of pain look in your face? Yeah. Does it scare them? Do they look asca- look afraid? Well, they should. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Wentzville. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris, at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice-cold beer, I can thank the team over at ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. 20-0 as freshmen? Really? There we go. We're back, people. What do you think, Max? Great song great song you like this one yeah we uh we were doing a little bit of homework weren't we yeah prior to coming in today and we and we were uh trolling our guest on all the socials and it looks like he's got a few things that he really likes right yeah what are those uh he loves to fish and uh i think he loves country music too i don't know let's ask him our guest today is what's his name mitch hunt from St. Louis, got Gallagher. There we go. How you doing, Mitch? I'm doing good. Thanks <laughs> for having me on. Are you seriously reconsidering your decision-making process by agreeing to join us two jokers today? Absolutely not. <laughs> Especially that I know, knew that Max was questioning me. It was a no-brainer. Well, there you go. Um, what, what do you think of the, the walk-up tune? You dig this? Yeah, I like it. It's Are a little, little, little older than the country music I listen to, but, you know, it's... Uh, well, I, I think I know your name because, again, we, we trolled. So we saw the, the 30th birthday pictures from a couple years ago, a year ago, right? Yeah. So I took a swing for the fences hoping you'd be into the old stuff, and apparently there, I missed just a little bit. Yeah, there's, there's some stuff, but I would say, you know. <laughs> you like any Tyler, Tyler Childers? I do. I do. Ooh, there you go. Who's Deathmatch, Tyler Childers or Waylon Jennings? I've probably listened to more Waylon Jennings than oh, Tyler Childers. I do, you know, he he's a he's a new one that I've added to the playlist. Uh, I would say in the last year or so, definitely, uh, definitely, he's growing on me a lot. Yeah. Him and Zach Bryan is the big one I'm listening to a lot Ooh, of now. Zach yeah. Bryan, we listen to that a lot, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we listen to Something in the Orange. Yeah, that's a good one. This guy, he uh, he he pulls out all the uh, '80s '90s hip hop and House of Pain and. He knows his modern country too. That's why I brought him on today. He's he's a utility player. 
I mean, he's a great utility player to, to <laughs> sub in for your usual co-host. Yeah, because you know those guys. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'll apologize for them now. They're not even here, but I'll apologize for them. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, I, I'm why I'm excited about this one is for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, my co-host. This is fun. Uh, but two, <clears throat> you know, we we talk to so many people that are neck deep in this world that 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 we talk about soccer and youth soccer and academy and club and select and high school and all this other stuff. Um, and you are, you're in the weeds of it, you know, because t tell our listeners, what is your exact title here at the club? Uh, so it's actually new title as of within the last month. Um, I'm the new youth boys director of the club. So I'm basically overseeing every player that is U12 and younger uh, kind of stepping into Ken Godat's role, and he is going to widen his role and, and kind of be more of a technical director. Um, but, you know, prior to that, I've always been an age group director for the youngest, you know, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds uh, the last year. I've kind of expanded that um, to U10 and U11. But, uh, yeah, so, so um, I am. Like so said, so you're, you're, you're basically 5 to 12 for yes, the most part, right? Yes. <clears throat> Um, get, give us, give us an idea of scale, uh, you know, because the, the clubs really across the region, most clubs are continuing to grow at different paces. Um, how many kids do you have at this point, roughly ballpark that are 12 and under that are kind of under your purvey, so to speak? Ooh, that's, I would say ballpark, it's around a hundred teams. Oh, wow. So, you got to figure if the the younger age groups, you might only have eight or nine on a team. You know, those U12s probably have, I mean, if they're playing 9v9, 12 to 13. So, you know, you can kind of do the math based, yeah, on, yeah, based I mean, on that. Yeah. You're between 1,000, 1,300, 1,400 players. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so I guess. The the real question is why, because <laughs> because I have three kids and they've given me headaches at different phases of their lives of my life. You have thirteen hundred of them. Um, what 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 motivates you? What what drives you? You know, in the morning you wake up, you know you're you're coming to the park and you're going to see three, four, five hundred kids a day. You know, what's that like? What goes through your head? Well, well, for me, it's it's you know it's. It's exciting. It's I have an education background, so I always, you know, I didn't always know that I wanted to be a teacher, but mm -hmm. prior to stepping into this role with the club, I was in in the classroom. So I always knew, you know, when I was able, fortunate enough to step into this role three and a half years ago, that I was, and it was something I was interested in. It was teaching kids and. And yeah, it was a little bit different subject-wise, but I have a passion for soccer, so it makes sure. it even more enjoyable that I get to teach soccer for a living. That's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead, Max. What's your question? All right, I have a question. Okay. What is so fun about marathons? <laughs> you know, he's he's throwing the curveballs out of the I gate. Know. I mean, because that I mean that's your that's your hobby, your your part-time passion. Yeah. So that's actually, um, you know, through. Through college, I, I always, even through my playing days, I 
would enjoy running still. The last, you know, four or so years, I kind of got away from it. And then right around the holidays this past year, I was talking with a family member and we kind of talked ourselves into, uh, you know, running a marathon and, and, you know, the family member kind of fell off and only ran the half, but I did it all and, and ran the, the full marathon. And, you know, Max, it was, it was satisfying to say that I have ran a marathon, you know, cause, uh, my, my girlfriend found a stat that, you know, less than 1% of the world has completed a marathon, Max. Really? Yeah. What do you think? You want to try it? Um, I'll think about it. I mean, 26.2 miles? That's that's a breeze for you. Well, the other day, how many how many laps around the block? We got a quarter mile block. How many laps did you do the other day? Uh, I did 13, 12 laps. Not too bad. So you, uh, you only need, uh, what's that math there? Eight and a half more of those. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> well, let's let's get back to a little bit of the the training process and and kind of um, you know the club has has its pillars uh, has for a long time. Um, when when you get out there, how much how much of the process for you is really paying attention to uh, unity, humility, passion, respect, tradition? Um, you know, as a core versus just the nuts and bolts of training and organizing and pushing kids? How do you balance the two? Because there's a difference between coaching and player development and really addressing the culture at the same time. Yeah, I think, I mean, part of, uh, you know, the the club and and what Ken preaches, that's kind of where I learned it from when I stepped in to just helping at the club, you know, eight years ago, Mm -hmm. um, is instilling all that in every session and, and making it a learning moment so that you can tie, you know, our, you know, unity, humility, respect, all that stuff into everyday training. And, you know, whether it's acting those ways to your teammates or, you know, like when we're at soccer school, there, there's multiple different teammates from different, you know, within the club, but from different teams. So it's, it's able, we're able to relate those two learning moments. And, you know, especially why I think it's so important is, you know, going through all my higher education, you know, the kids are more likely to remember stuff when you tie it to an emotion or, or something specific. So that's why I always think it's, it's really important that if we can tie it into something in the middle of a session, then, it's more likely they're going to remember that moment and be able to, you know, translate it back to me at a later time. So, so how do you address, because within our marketplace, I mean, you know, better than anybody, we, we hear it all the time. It's been a long standing kind of love to hate relationship between uh, the soccer population in certain clubs. And frankly, Scott Gallagher, Bush, et cetera, we're kind of at the top of the pile, um, from from a standpoint of people loving to hate, right? Um, it, it, how, how important is it for you guys to continue to try and put that message out there and illustrate that value structure as as kind of you know the tip of the arrow, so to speak, as opposed to everybody's assumption uh, that it is you know we we want the money, we want the headcount, we want the wins, we want the cups, you know. Do, do you do you ever talk about that outwardly, or do you have a strategy to deal with it, or do you just let the process be what it is? 
I would say more so we just let the process, you know, be what it is. I think, you know, it at the end of the day, you know, we, we this club between Gallagher and Bush, you know, and then the merger and everything, it's it's been around the longest, so we've had a lot of time for trial and errors where some of the other clubs, they're, they're doing great stuff. They just ha- haven't had that amount of time that, that we have. Um, and, you know, like I said, it is just like a tradition, so we can – we always fall back to it, you know, trust the process and, and for, especially in our world, uh, it's not about the wins and losses. I know I coached a couple teams last year. It wasn't, it was a down year if you're looking at the win column, but every kid grew in some way, shape or form. And that's, you know, education background. That's what I want. It's, well, so, so speaking of kids growing, Max has a question here. Um, we worked on this one earlier, and it was actually his idea, but uh, go ahead, Max. What is really more important in training? Is it being really good at drills, working hard, or something else? I mean, that's a great question, Max. I think, you know, th- there's a lot of things that are important in training because it, it translates to the game. So every practice you want to work hard because that's how you're going to get better, you know. Yeah, there's there's going to be some drills that maybe you're better at than your teammates, but to be an overall soccer player, everyone's got to become good at that drill. And and the real thing that why we're doing the drills is so we can see improvement in that on game day. So yeah. I think, you know, it's it's a combination of all that stuff. But I've always been taught, and the way I've gotten, you know, got brought up is. It starts with the hard work. If if they're not going to go th- and work hard at training, or especially on your own, then it's going to be really hard to get where you yeah. need to be or want to be. Yeah. So a couple a couple episodes back, we actually had on uh, a St. Louis legend in his own right, uh, Don Ebert from the Steamers, um, and he's now out in Irvine running the Strikers, and they're having really unprecedented success. You know, in in, in an MLS backyard. You know, because there's LAFC, there's LA Galaxy, and then there's Strikers right there, along with other clubs, yeah. but they're killing it. And in our conversation, we talked about um, some of those characteristics of the Midwest, St. Louis in particular, back in his playing days, and what has he taken with him out to the West Coast. And it's kind of exactly what you talked about. It was that grit. It was that work ethic. It was working hard. So my question to you is, knowing that that is kind of like really embedded in this St. Louis landscape, soccer landscape, how do you guys t- teach and talk to and or look to try and motivate kids that are six, seven, eight, nine years old when it comes to working hard? Because there's the difference between giving them instructions and waiting for everybody to fall in line and, and a drill play itself out and a group of kids that are being driven a little bit harder what where's the line and how do you uh try to supplement that quote work ethic at these young ages yeah that's a hard one especially with the youngest age groups i think you know the big focus is building that passion for the game so just the kind of the way i've always gone about it is if we can make practice fun and and effective in the same they're going to work harder long term because oh we're having fun but in real all reality they're doing some sort of ball skill or drill that is going to benefit them and then once they get more 
developed, then we can instill, you know, the, uh, the quote unquote telling them, you know, work harder and stuff like that. But I think, you know, I don't want to say like trick them, but kind of trick the younger kids into naturally working hard by what the activities you're doing. Cause you know, I know U S soccer kind of adapted the play practice play, you know, model for the younger kids where right when they show up to practice, they start playing a game and yeah. then, then you go into some drill and then you go back to some sort of game. Um, and like I said, I think that's a good method and I think it's, it's hard sometimes with the younger ages, you gotta be patient. Um, sometimes, you know, just telling them they do need to pick up the work rate a little bit, you know, it doesn't always work. Um, you don't want to bribe them, but like they said, Crescent Plumbing Supply helps save marriages. Really? As families grow, kitchen and bath needs change rapidly. Designing and choosing the right fixtures takes way more skill than just scrolling Pinterest. Staying on budget and avoiding those foreign language order sheets, that's not easy. Lucky for you, the local team at Crescent Plumbing Supply, they are experts. They can help you ditch the baby's tub for a teenage shower and upsize that kitchen sink for all those tumblers, rosé glasses, and sports water bottles. So, when you're ready for that kitchen or bath makeover, go to crescentsupply.com. That's crescentsupply.com. It's cheaper than a therapist. Well, let me let me ask a question for both of you. Um, you know, because Max, you're you're you, uh, what age group are you in? U10. Thank you. U11 this year. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Out, yeah, it's past summer. So now you're yeah. at U11. So at U11, um, I think that we, the three of us here at the table, would agree that you can start to see some, um, I would say, measurable separation between uh, the haves, some of the have-nots. Um, you're starting to see uh, early onset puberty you're seeing kids grow at at rapid paces at you know at different times you're seeing a lot of that so when it comes to working hard max to you first here's the question how does how do you feel when you're in a drill and you have a group around you where let's say half of them are truly working hard and the other half are not how do you personally handle that um, I just and, and be careful because your coach is here, and then we're gonna ask him the same question. Um, I kind of just I try to flow with it, but sometimes it, it's just hard when people aren't trying; they're just walking, they aren't showing the ball. It's just it's just hard sometimes. Yeah. Does it does it upset you? Does it make you mad? Or are you just frustrated? Or are you just I'm, a nine year old kid, ten year old kid that's just like, okay, let's go? I'm just a little bit frustrated. It's it's just. Yeah. So to you, when you see those things happening, happening to you, Mitch, um, how, how, what do you, what do you advise your coaches and the staff, you know, to try and keep that balance when you do have, you know, a group of kids that are really, really into it, uh, but they're also very young and, and frankly immature um, when they start to get frustrated because of other activities or lack thereof. How do you, how do you guys kind of manage that process? You know, there's a couple different ways where personally, like I might, if, if it's with the, with the team that I'm working with or something, you know, there there's one where, you know, maybe there's a group of kids that there's, you know, they're, they're coming to practice after school, they're tired, they're just not feeling it. 
you know, maybe those kids have to do the drill because usually I do multiple setups because you want to get a ton of touches in. So maybe those kids that you can tell they're a little bit in a funk that day, maybe they're all in a group together one day and the kids that are, are there ready to go, they might be in a group that day or some, some days, you know, mixing the blending those kids in help raise the level, especially it, it kind of helps the younger kids gain those leadership skills where, you know, every team kind of, no matter whether it's identified or not, there, there are, you know, usually two or three kids that maybe step up as a little bit more vocal or, you know, try to rally the troops per se and, and get things back on track. Um, so I, I kind of rely a little bit on those, um, you know, some days I, I do resort to, uh, you know, some of the, I guess, old school mentality where, you know, just a little reminder, you know, that we at, we're at practice, we got to work hard and, and be so, focused. They get on the line and maybe so have to run a couple sprints. Little sprints, little push-ups, yeah. little sit-ups, you know, withhold the water. Yeah. Everything else. Yeah. And, I love it. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, I have a question. Do you prefer working with kids that need a lot of help or kids that are more advanced in soccer. Great I mean, question, Max. <laughs> special guest can go to hey, in the room here. Here, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was wondering if Bill's going to get a mention on this podcast. He'll come up. He'll come. Up. He'll come up soon. <laughs> <laughs> natural, Bill the dog. Um, Bill the neighbor dog. Uh, to, I mean, to answer your question. Personally, I think it's, you know, the, the kids that need more work because I like seeing the progress, you know, a, as the season goes on. So, like, especially when, which I'm not out there as much anymore, but I used to be out there, uh, you know, multiple nights a week for club training. So you're seeing the same kids over and over and over. And being able to see just the growth over a six-week time is awesome to see because with, with the kids that, you know, they're – they're still good players, but maybe they're not as technical as, like, say, a player like you. In that six-week time period, I can see a lot more growth compared to, you know, a player like you that's a little bit ahead of the game with that. Like, it's going to take longer. Hey, 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 be careful here because the kid's got a big head as it is. I mean, we're going to need a new set of headphones here in a second. Well, I wasn't talking about his left foot, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mention that. <laughs> I tell you what, that was, that was actually a very good question, Max, and I, I'm, I'm going to take it a step further. Um, more from a club perspective, you know, because we, we do have a lot of families that listen that are not only in this club, but are at other clubs, or they have younger youngins that are considering clubs, etc. When it comes to kind of delegating through that process where you have, you know, so many levels and layers of kids at, you know, from a low championship level up to pre-academy, um, how do you as the youth uh, director how important is it to you to make sure and find the right level or or uh, style of training uh, to match those uh, either deficiencies or advantages? That's always the the toughest part, I think, in in my role, and you know, even just as the age group director in the previous, I guess, role that you'd say that it's it's always the challenge and, and I try to do my best of finding the right fit for every kid and, and, and matching them with likability. Um, if we can get them with the likability, then they can grow together as a group. You know, we don't want, to, I don't want to place a kid that is, is maybe the next like messy with a group of kids that can barely kick a ball. Cause then 
that kid that's advanced already is going to get all the touches and the other kids aren't going to get to see the ball. So I think it, it's always a struggle and, and yeah, we're not always a hundred percent with it. And, you know, it, there, there are some mistakes that we're, we're making placements that, you know, they're not swept under the rug and we're always keeping an eye out on people. And that's why, whether actually a lot of parents probably don't know, I'm out here almost every Friday night watching league games. Um, and now I'm not going to make it known that I'm here watching right. watching all the boys, but I, I will float around all the well, fields and watching. Well, the good thing is yeah. this podcast is only audio, so they yeah. don't know what your face looks like yeah. for those that are wondering. Yeah. And we'll keep that private. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I so I, I have a question along these lines. Do you have a question? Uh, yeah, but you can take yours first. You want me to go first? Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. You're, you're a pro. I know. All right. Um, in, I think it was literally episode four we had Ken Godet on, right? Um, and one of the questions that started in that episode, and we've asked a multitude of guests the same question at all levels, uh, from the highest level at national team, division one coaches, and all the way down. And the question is really simple, and it kind of is a parlay off of what we've just been talking about, where you're looking at kids that are advanced, kids that need help, what the process is, how you tend to them, et cetera. The, the question that we love to ask is, when you get a group of kids, um, and really at any age, you know, and, and it could be a group of kids that are just coming back from the summer, right? And, you know, maybe 10 to 11 or 11 to 12. And again, what we met, talked about earlier, maybe a little bit of puberty's hit, maybe a little bit of, you know, extra workout has, you know, inspired them, whatever. How do you, and when do you, and how would you describe seeing it when a kid has that just natural ability that gets you excited? If you had to define that or describe it, what would that look like in your words, because I'll t- because I tell you this, we've asked that question maybe 14, 15 times. I would say a third of them have had roughly the same answer and the rest have been different. So don't feel as if there's a right answer yeah, here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, this is this is something for me. I think I'm still a younger, younger coach. I don't know if I can define that for you yet. I think I'm still trying to to figure out what my it is because it might be different than what you're seeing or what. Well, what, well, let, let me let me kind of let me put a frame of reference on it because you've been around long enough. Yeah. Um, if we look at some of the recent names uh, that have come out of the club that have moved up through the ranks, uh, both to the collegiate level, uh, like the mayors, uh, or you know, over at City right now where you have a Caden Glover or you have Miggy, right? Yeah. Players like that that have kind of come up through the pipe. You've seen them. Yeah. You saw all of the, those individuals at younger ages. You know, it, kind of using them as a frame of reference, what would you say that you personally saw in players like that? Because that's a lot of different kinds yeah. of positions. Yeah. Uh, but they were all clearly thriving. What in your view is the thing that those players exhibited that you would maybe label as part of it i mean just the players that you named like just thinking about it i mean not they're not all like you said like a loud personality or whatever but i feel like you get them in the the middle of the field one on a soccer field 
they have that confidence. Like they know they're there for a reason. They 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 earn that spot. They they are one of the guys. Um, it might not have been every year they're on you know those those teams and like the guy, but they earned it and they were they were there. So like they had that that confidence factor that it goes a long way and and you know along with the technical ability obviously yeah you know they, that just goes a long way with me is just how the way a player carries themselves and not it could be at practice it could be at a game but the the players that have it they always show up for the big games and and consistently every game not just if it's a big game or if it's yeah. you know they're playing a random practice game against someone they're, they're they, always going to show up they and, hate and, to lose yes yes i think that might be it more than <laughs> more, that might be more of what i'm thinking of is that they hate to lose and they kind of hold that well i don't know if you've ever met this kid but he will throw a deck of cards if you beat him at poker Oh, really? Yeah, legitimately. <laughs> no. Hey, you had a question, Max. Go ahead, and then we're going to run into a quick break. At what age do you think kids should start going to the gym, like working out? Ooh, yeah. Above, above. Are you saying above and beyond, like soccer training? Like yeah, like no, not like soccer <clears throat> training. Like working out, like lifting weights, lifting or? weights, running on a treadmill. Huh? I mean, because actually, I was, um, you know, PE health teacher. Um, so I think instilling those habits early is, is beneficial. So I always recommend when, you know, kids are going into high school, I think it's a good, good, good time to kind of start, start doing that stuff. So soccer world, like, you know, you could even incorporate it in their U13, U14, but I think, um, definitely into high school. That's one thing looking back in my playing days, I never, I never took that serious until I was, you know, a junior ish even there senior in high school and by that time you know I was just a tall glass of water I didn't have really any (laughs) muscle I I I ran past people that's so looking back I wish I would have done that a little bit sooner than do is is there a point do do you think that uh and maybe this is kind of like a a mashup question along these lines uh do you think there's uh too much pressure or uh parents might be taking it a little too far in challenging their kids along the lines of Max's question um, th- that, you know, they need breaks, they need to play other sports, stay away from, don't, don't be lifting weights at 10 years old or yeah. nine years old, things like that. Do, do you, do you think that we're kind of in a world where parents want so much for their kids really for themselves? Do you think that um, it's important or maybe partially the responsibility of the club to help manage that process? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, one thing I think like our strength and conditioning guy, Nick Boniker, I think he's done, does a really good job of educating the players, especially, mm-hmm. um, as they get older, especially in the, the high school world where they're, he's able just to have team meetings and talk to them about it. Cause I think, you know, you just don't need to go to the gym and lift a ton of weights and, and right. you're going to become a better player. Cause I think a big thing that people forget about with, with us being soccer players, we have to be able to move laterally quick. You know, we have to be able to do all this stuff. And if you're just lifting a ton of weights, you, you, you lose your flexibility and your explosiveness depending on what you're doing. Well, so. I, I tell you what, quick question to you, Max, and we'll roll out here. Do you think it's more important to be able to juggle the ball 250 times or squat 250 pounds? Juggle, times. Juggle it is. 
right, here we go. Check this out, guys. I think this might be a little bit more recent for you. Like this one. Max, you know who this is? You know who this is. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's... Yeah, no, I know. Ah, who is it? Oh. Uh, it would be Chris. He's got a Stapleton. big beard. <laughs> yeah, Dang it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have a little bit of fun and challenge Mitch with some deep, dark, hard hitting questions. Sound good? Max, you ready? Yep, let's do this. Let's All go. right, we'll be back. I'm Max, and I'm nine years old. When I'm not playing soccer, jumping on a trampoline, or playing Xbox, with permission, of course. I listen to the Baked In Podcast with Josh Allen. Josh talks to some of the most incredible business leaders in St. Louis. From Maxine Clark of Build-A-Bear to Gerard Kraft, the chief flavor officer for my favorite team, St. Louis City SC. There's something for everyone. If you're interested in the secret sauce of success... Check out the Baked In Podcast. Now, back to those old guys. Thanks for joining us again. We're rolling in this time with... Zach Bryan. You picked this one, didn't you? Yeah. You like this? Yeah, I love this. What do you think, Mitch? I, I enjoy this one. Can you play the guitar like this? I wish my brother can. He uh, Max is um, he can do a lot of things. Uh, music needs he he needs to work. It's one of those things, right? He can yeah. sing though. I mean, Old Town Road. We heard that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can't we're for the remake of it. We're back, Mitch Hunt from SLSG, director of youth, all youth. 12 and under, which means he's got way more kids than any of you listeners, um, to the tune of 1,200, 1,300 or so. That's crazy. Um, are you, are you married? I don't know. I'm not. I have you a, a long time serious girlfriend. Long time serious yep. girlfriend. Um, I gotta ask, I mean, if she's a long time serious girlfriend, there sounds as if there's the potential of the next step. And then the step after that usually entails having another one, uh, one of those little things that we've been talking about. Having 1,300 of those, has it changed your opinion as to the desire to obtain one of your own? Shockingly, no. <laughs> no. Do you understand what I'm saying there, Max? Yeah, I do. What do you think yeah. I'm trying to say? Um, That... Kids can be pushy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Pretty close. Pretty yeah. close. Yeah. All right. So you said, Max, you said on the break that you want to come back in. You got a question. So the mic yeah. is all yours. Go ahead. All right. So do you have any advice for players with parents that yell a lot? Oh, I like uh, that one. So ignore them. <laughs> no. Um, well, let me let me let me clarify so, real quick, yeah. Max. Do you mean um, advice for the kid because the parent is yelling at the kid? Yeah, or? like they try to ignore it. Uh, okay. How do they ignore it, or how should they ignore yeah, it? Yeah, how should they? Honestly, it's uh, it's easier. Anyone can say, "Oh, just don't don't pay any attention to them." But yeah. trust me, I know. You know, luckily my parents weren't overly 
loud on the parent sideline growing up. So it, it was easy for me just to say, oh, just don't worry about it. But I know I had t- friends that struggled with it. Um, you know, sometimes I th- think, and, and it's hard for a kid, but maybe, you know, ask their parents like, hey, do you think about what you're like I'm hearing you yell at me and then I'm hearing my coach yell at me and I don't know who to listen to. It's confusing me. Yeah. Um, Cause I think sometimes, especially parents that have played, they don't realize <laughs> that sometimes they're causing harm to their kid because they're confusing them. Cause they're, like I said, there, there's a lot of parents that are very knowledgeable, but the coach might be telling them something else and it's confusing. So some, and sometimes parents aren't aware that yeah. they're doing that. So yeah. Well, so let, let me let me ask kind of an adult version of that question um, from a club perspective and communication perspective, because there is a certain amount of uh, expectation or um, contractual um, relationship between the family, the player, the club, the parents check and what they do think they have a right to or that they don't. Right. So when it comes to the sideline whether at practice or a game do do you guys have a preferred uh cadence or a preferred uh way or or vibe of the parents so to speak you know do you like the clapping do you like the encouraging do you like the yelling do you you know do you like the uh raucous atmosphere how do you manage that because youth sports not just soccer they've all kind of jumped the shark from the sideline perspective. Yeah. So how do you guys at a club, especially you and your age group, because that's usually when you see a lot of the chaos, how do you guys manage that process? I mean, we try to set that expectation from the start. I always recommend coaches have a parent meeting early on in the year, you know, maybe a week or two into the, the fall practice season, and just like, hey, here's our expectations you know, and that's kind of where you should lay the guidelines down that, you know, you guys can be cheerleaders over there, encourage them, don't coach over there, you know, just enjoy the game, enjoy your son playing or daughter, depending on, and, you know, let the coach do all the talking because, you know, they have a style or, or an idea of why they're telling the players to do a certain thing where maybe the parents aren't aware because they weren't in the pregame huddle or something like that so just setting that expectation early on is a big thing and I think um, you know part of the reason that we kind of mandate our Friday night league is because we can I can oversee that if I if I see you know something that is you know a red flag you'd say rain them in a little bit yeah and just like hey you know this is what we're trying to do or it's all about the development and we don't keep standings at the young ages for a reason because it doesn't sure. matter. We want to. Well, look, Max, I'm going to ask you a similar question from the perspective of you, a nine-year-old boy. Um, when you hear parents in, in a game, when you hear parents yelling at the referee, does that or do you realize that that makes you a little bit more uh, uh prone or willing to you as a young kid to yell at the referee as well does it does it change your opinion of the ref whenever parents are yelling at them a lot um not really no no No. never 
well, he's different, you know. <laughs> well, well, so the question to you, because I, I, I see that, you, yeah. and I'm pretty sure you see that. And I guess what I'm trying to get out of this is just how it's one thing to yell at your kid. It's a one thing to not know anything about the game and try to coach your kid while the coach is coaching your kid. And then there is yelling at a ref. How just how detrimental is that to the youth game, not only from a standpoint of trying to keep referees, which you know better than anybody, there's a shortage. Yeah. But the the, the adverse effect that it has on just the game itself and the kids, you know, because kids will walk off the field whenever you have a group of parents yelling at a ref all day. The kids will walk off the field if they lost or whatever. And who are they going to blame? The ref. They blame the ref. Yep. So speak speak to the ref's role in, in what parents and kids should or shouldn't do when it comes to a referee, in your opinion. I mean, if in a perfect world, I think they should never – say anything to them and i mean because they're just like the boys that are out on the field that they're bound to make mistakes it's gonna happen it they're you know nine ten years old a lot of these refs are you know in their teens or you know or some of them are just doing it because they love to be out there i've seen some in their 80s yeah like i said guys (laughs) and and people like that they they just love to be out there still and, and it's their passion like you know and they want to stay involved and then they go out there and get yelled at for you know 60 straight minutes that that's not fun for them and so it's easier said than done i you know i wish they would wouldn't say anything but you know there, there's a heat of the moment and and stuff gets out of hand sometimes and then players see their parents doing they think it's all right for they they can do it but you know what i always talk about to my boys if something like that happens it's it's never the ref's fault. I don't care if he, he made a bad call or whatever. Did we play up to our potential to we put ourselves yeah. in that situation? And I always <clears throat> I always tie it back to a learning moment like that because most of the time if we put ourselves in a better spot, it never would have happened like that. It, it, I, we have this debate, argument, or frustration all the time on this show when we recap. For, for example, this past week in the City game, Right, we played uh, Toronto, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, we walked away with three points. The, we won. Period. Yeah. Right. But on socials in particular, all these groups, the one, the only thing they cared about was the handball quote non-handball call, right? Yeah. And it's it's at the highest level. It's nonstop. But to your point, when Max, let me ask you a question: um, How many goals can the referee score in a game? None. How many can he save? None. Right. See. He, he's already figured it yeah, out. Yeah, he's soccer simple. <laughs> Score more goals than the other team, you win. Yeah, the math is not that hard. Huh. Yeah, you, you had another question? Yeah, I got one more question. Go ahead. Um, you got to stay on the mic there. All right. Keep that silky voice up front, all right? All right. When you're not coaching, what do you do for fun? Oh. We are in the second half of this uh, episode, so it is about to go off the rails. All right, all right. Um, I mean, I actually love being outside. So, um, whether it's walking the dogs or I do like to fish a lot, I I haven't been able to do that a lot the last year or so, just because I've been so busy with work. Um, I do like to golf a lot. Um, Same. Yeah. I love to golf. We're going to have to. 
I, set something up. Yeah, he's he's got a little smoker right down the middle, man. So he could be he could be me right now. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Um, nice. Yeah, how, how hard is it for you to find free time? Because you know, you youth soccer today, for all intent and purposes, it's kind of twelve months out of the year. Yes, you yeah. you have time off, but it's not really time off. Yeah. So, and the other thing is. You kind of have an uh, similar to the industry, quote the industry, you know, food and beverage. You got to work nights and weekends yep. all the time, and then your trainings during the week. So how how do you find the time to to manage all that? It, it's it's tough, um, and I've just kind of come to figure it out during the fall and the, the spring. A lot of my family and friends know that that's the that's the grind of the season, and expect to be working you know six seven days a week um and then i try to fully take advantage of the the winter and summer like weekends especially because even like you know tonight we're going out to soccer school at right after this yeah um but i don't have stuff on the weekend so i just try to take full advantage yeah. of of those and you know it, it is not your traditional job where it is very flexible with vacation so you know, I could go take a vacation in the summer or the winter as long as I take my laptop and I yep. can still continue to do stuff remotely because um, we're not on the field as much. So so, so let me – the laptop comment just kind of triggered another question going back to the whole youth process yeah. uh, because you, you've got – you guys have a whole staff. You know, Ken has built, you know, a team, a pyramid underneath him. Um, and my question is in regards to – uh, player selections, IDs, yeah. Um, because I mean that is that is the hottest topic in every household, in every state, with every club, anywhere yeah. when it comes to soccer. And that is where is my little Johnny or my little Susie? You know what team are they going to land on? How, how stressful is that process? And what do you guys do uh, to mitigate? Um, the pressure from parents, and more importantly, you know, how do you um, uh, ensure that you're really getting kids at the proper level as opposed to keeping a lot of parents happy for their own ego, for lack of a better word? Yeah. Um, it's a, the worst part of the job, for sure. <laughs> and And like I always, so like before I came in I was I coached at Limburg um we always started the every tryout week to the boys and the girls like this is a hard week for you guys this is just as hard for us because we never want to make these hard decisions but we have to it's not that you know no hard feelings it's it's, it's as hard on us as it is on you uh just in the club world it's that process is not just a week it's spread out over yeah. you know weeks months um so kind of what, what the way we go about it is, um, you know, we're, we're a team with it all. It's, and yes, my name's on a lot of it. Like, oh, the invite to this team came out from from Mitch Hunt. It it it's not just me that makes the decisions, and that's sure. what makes it easy. So it's but you know <clears throat> what we call like our, you know, our 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 team that's with it. When it's me, Ken, Zach. Uh, ben Perkins has helped a lot with it this year. Um, Jordan Klipsch has come on in the last few months to to help us with some of the process. Um, and 
Well, so let me let me just ask you the question because you know again I know there are parents, there are families from this club that are listening to this talk about how you guys or what your process is that in the midst of a season, midway through, you know, uh, when you see players starting to really really thrive or go the other way, um, is it? Do you guys immediately, are you taking note of that? Are you preparing to make those changes? You know, do, do you think there could be more communication through that process to families? You know, because really, you look at, let's say, 15-kid roster. You're going to have two or three that typically, you know, rise to the top or maybe, you know, take off in a season. And then you're going to have two or three that maybe struggle. I, I think yeah. that in all the years I've been around the game, that's always kind of the case. So how do you guys manage that top three, that bottom three during the season? Uh, and do you have a process to communicate to the parents, you know, hey, to, to help manage expectations? Yeah, um, I think, you know, a lot of the a lot of it. Um, we rely a lot on those those midseason evaluations, mm -hmm. um, especially within you know the youth academy we that's where we see a lot of that i guess you know the, the, the top kids and maybe going up the bottom kids you know if they have to make a drop but we never do it mid-year so right doing those mid-year evaluations are are key in in our mind and, and some coaches might do them more frequently than others but it's letting the you know the families know that hey your kid is you know doing well at this but He's really falling behind in these areas, and and he to stay at this level, you know, this and these conversations are happening in December, January, so plenty of the whole spring season to work on it. Right. Um, and then always, you know, circling back. We always recommend circling back through, you know, middle of the spring, and and letting those families know that hey, you know, we're we're seeing improvement, you know, and it we want to keep working on it. If he's in a good spot or. You know, if you have to have the hard conversation, like, "Hey, he's still way behind on this. If it's not um, improved, you know, he he might be better fit for the the team right below." Which there's nothing nothing wrong with with that because at the end of the day, we're we're not trying to win national championships in the youth, you know, yeah. level. Where it's all about developing the kids. So, you know, if he drops down a team then his confidence might skyrocket the next year. And that goes a long way with the developing process. Yeah, long-term development. Yeah. <clears throat> Max, you ready to have a little fun? Yeah. Let's 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 talk a little bit of uh, pro soccer. We, we kind of went over this a little earlier, okay. didn't we? Yeah. Um, first question, uh, City SC. Uh, you're born and bred yeah. St. Louis, and, you know, you've, you've grown up with the game. You're clearly living it now. Um, how important... How inspiring, how motivational, um, whatever the adjective is, is does St. Louis City SC, what does it mean to you? Especially seeing, you know, here we are, uh, what, what is this, week, game week 22 yeah. or whatever it is, and we're in first place. Yeah. What, is it, what does it mean to you? I actually kind of just got, got the chills just thinking about it the way you set it up because, like, I mean, I've always, obviously growing up, we you know we had i was the ambush the steamers down at savis like that was right. you know getting to watch those as a kid and then it went away and you know finally getting a pro team is just like i said we had fc you know i've been been around for those but like 
an MLS team is, is I think it's important for the city itself, but also like for for everyone that grew up like me, like it it's just amazing to finally have, and it's like I said, I'm I'm excited for it, and I always said whenever we do get a team. I'm making sure I get season tickets because yeah. I knew I wanted to be there every do game you, possible. Do Do you have another layer or a unique layer of pride, given you know your role, your relationship to Gallagher, knowing that you're looking at players that are touching the field on the first team, that are you know penetrating City Two. You you, you know everybody really knows the story of the academy. Yeah. You know, you guys are part of the process. And, and now you, over the last eight, nine years here, you've directly touched a large number of players that are going up through that system. Does it just add a little bit more of a uh, kind of like a fatherly, you know, love affair with the club because of your relationship with Gallagher and the players that have come out? Yeah, I think, I mean, that definitely adds a little bit more, you know, just knowing that any kid that's out there right now there's they're so young who knows they they might be the next you know player that were like 10 years from now they're on they're the next miggy that's that's making all these appearances and and you know because when, when i came in i like miggy was always on an academy team and i or one of the higher teams and i was always like premier level teams so i was never necessarily around him a ton but like a players like that you know you know that there's a lot of kids that are in our program right now that that who knows they could be there yeah um well max let me ask you kind of the same question yeah as a youth soccer player here in st louis uh with city because we're season ticket holders how many games have you been to with us i've been Uh, to about three four five yeah five four four or five four five who's your favorite player Mm, I really, I really like Berkey, but I also... Whoa, he's a goalie, dude. <laughs> Wrong answer. I, I really like Jackson. Really? Yeah. Why? What do you like about him? Um, I like that he can move the ball fast, and he's smart on the ball, and yeah, he's just quick. Well, let me ask you this as it pertains to some of the names that you know, uh, you know, like Miggy, like Caden... Uh, and even, you know, on the academy side, moving up like a Mackay, you as a SLSG kid, um, is it exciting to see players um, that came from, you know, the club that you're at? What does it mean to you to see those players wearing those kits and playing on the big fields? Yeah, it makes it makes me want to work even harder, especially since my brother's on city. Well, he's yeah, he's he's academy, too. He works kind of hard. Yeah. You should see those two go at it. <laughs> Who wins? Who wins, Max? Um, do you play fair? Or do you I, kick him in the shins and hopefully he falls over and then you get the ball? Uh, we play fair. <laughs> yeah. Here, go. I, I remember you had that question. Go ahead and go with that one. Oh, yeah. What team do you support in the, support in the Premier League? The Ooh. best team. Uh-oh. Wait, wait, wait. Before you answer that, Max, who's the best team in the the EPL? Um, best in my opinion, or just best? Who's your favorite? Which I yeah, already know the love? answer to this. I think. Oh, Chelsea. Ah, there we go. Go ahead with your answer, and then we'll so, mute, so mute I, the mic. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I am a I am a Man U guy, and I know that I know there uh, the struggles there, but you the, know the doors over there. 
Is, is that GoDad influence, or, no. or have you always been a devil? I, I have, you know, obviously yeah, when you're, you know, you're Max's age, there's, you every kid just jumps on who, whatever the hot team is. So I, I wouldn't say I was always a Man U guy, but when it all, everything all settled, the, my favorite players were, were Man U guys. Like I was, I was a fast winger. I was a big Ryan Giggs fan. So that's kind of, kind of where, where that started and it kind of, kind of stuck I think I saw a stat the other day or a post saying something. Giggs, in his whole career, never got a red card. Did you know that? I did not know that. Can you? I mean, he played for 22 years. Yeah. Not one. That is crazy. Blows me away. Actually. What's that? Actually. Actually. Zero red cards. Zero red cards. You don't want to get those. (laughs) How many have you had? I've I've had none. I've only Good. had Let's two keep it yellows. that way. <laughs> <laughs> so so let me let me ask you this with kids um uh, FIFA in particular, you know, and and film do do you see like because we're kind of we we've got multiple generations here. I grew up in a generation where Pong and Atari was the video game. You grew up with 64 and yeah. the PS1s. Yep. Now these guys, Max has got what, what? PS5s, yeah. um, Xbox, two switches, all but, that. Yeah. But Switch. the games in particular, you've you've seen the modern games, right? Yeah. Uh, and the decisions that they're able to make. The kids build the teams and everything. Yeah. yeah. Do it, we we have a debate? There's a small group of us that debate the value of esports. Do you, as someone this close to the game? I'm assuming you know the gaming machines, and maybe even are you a gamer? Do you play? Uh no. Okay. So then I think I know the answer to this question. Do you find any value whatsoever in kids playing FIFA as it applies to true soccer, either mental skills or tactical skills? No, but I do think it does make them think outside the box as far as formations and stuff like that. So like, you know, there could be a little bit of influence in that or in that aspect, but besides that, no. Um, so no, just, so maybe a ancillary cerebral benefit. Yeah. But nothing that you think will produce itself on the field. Maybe from a coaching standpoint. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe from a coaching standpoint, but not uh playing. What do you think, Max? Do you, because I mean, you put in your FIFA hours. Has it helped your game? Um, not really. All it's helped me is like staying in position a little bit. Really? Uh, yeah. No, ex- expand on that. You play the game, and you you typically you play left back or center back, right? Yeah. In in the real world. Yes. Are you telling me that by playing FIFA and building your team and watching those players in their position, you're saying that that might help you in your real game? Yes. I don't believe you. Don't believe me. Try to put me in a match. See who wins. Here, talk into the mic there. If you don't believe me, play play me in a match of FIFA. Let's see who wins. Well, I'm not going to play you in a match in FIFA. My thumb's too big. You're probably a kid, too, that thinks that, like, pizza has vitamins. No. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, Mitch, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I know you've got you got training here uh, rolling out. And I actually, Max, you got training you got coming training up here too. in a little bit. Yeah, I got training at 7.30. Well, I appreciate you doing this with us, man. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has. Um, yeah. I really enjoy the insight because it's like, you know, the, the core critical years. Uh, in fact, we just had an episode. The last episode was with Jan, Jan Pruick, uh, the Dutch Touch from that works with Terry Mickler over at yeah. CBC all these years. 
and you know his hyper focus or his storytelling involved what the Dutch system does in those ages five, six to eleven, twelve. And he's like, you know, that's the most critical. And here yeah. you are, you know, running that here. Do you feel that? Do you feel like in the process to get the kids to that you 13, 14, 15 and above academy level, you know, those kids that kind of uh, percolate to the top, does that, does that give you pride? Do you get excited thinking about the development of these of the youth? Yeah. I mean, I think I mean, that, that's why why I'm here and why I've, I've want to be with the the younger kids you know yeah i liked i like the old coaching the older boys they under obviously you can have a little bit more conversations with them and they can understand everything but i think what we're doing at the young age is just just fuels the fire for as they as they get going if if the the i guess the passion that we have at the younger with the younger kids it it starts it all and, and and if how, well, how if I'm mo- not there, then I don't how, know. How motivational is it, though, to have a guy like Ken Godat that kind of is, I'm assuming he's your mentor. Yes, yes, um, yes. Because does anybody have more fun than that dude when it comes to running a big group of kids? No, no. <laughs> and and his new thing is he's coming up, like, every practice. He's trying to get a group of kids to start some of the chants that he's hearing at the city games and <laughs> and it, it's it's never a dull moment with him and you never know exactly what he is um gonna have the kids do but he gets them ready to go train and always sends them home with with that same passion you know whether it's just breaking it down with our normal that's awesome. values or or whatever but he's definitely a uh, a good mentor to to kind of feed the feed the fire and what do you think, Max? And he's your neighbor. Coach Godad, does he, uh, does he motivate you? Does he make you want to work harder? Yeah, especially Bill. And especially Bill. <laughs> the, Bill the dog. Bill the little chihuahua dog. Bill, the uh, stray dog from Billings, Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. We're going we're gonna to roll it out here. Um, again, Mitch, thank you for your time. Well, uh, Maxwell, for me. thank yes. you for co-hosting. You, you filled no in well. You know what? And... We don't have any issues with radio or any explicit warnings because no Jared here. Yeah, no Jared here. You you handled that well, man. Yeah. Did, you, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You did a great job. All right, we'll I bring say. you back sometime soon. How's that? Great. Sounds great. When you right. autograph. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll be handing out autographs here shortly. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. And thank you to Pinnacle Loan Group and Crescent Plumbing Supply. Really appreciate the support. Uh, go check those guys out. And uh, give us a follow, share it, do all that stuff, because the more people listen, the more we're able to keep these episodes coming. Uh, Mitch, we'll see you later on. Max, I'll see you this evening at the dinner table. I'll see you. All right, see you, people. Thanks again, guys. Thank you.